Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. If my understanding is correct, that we still rank 47th out of 50 for funding public education, which is a statewide requirement. You know, and it's just we have got to negotiate better on the pension side. We've got to make sure that we're getting all the reimbursements for um, on the federal level. In my opinion, somebody who's done this time and again, Paul Ballas is the right person. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. My guest this week is retiring alderman Tom Tunney chairman of the city council zoning committee, owner of Ann Sather's restaurants and one of the most savvy aldermen I know. We're going to miss you, Tom. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Thanks for your comments and our long relationship together. Um, I know you were one of my first interviews back in 2002, I believe, as I was embarking on my first uh, aldermanic uh, campaign. And um, it was, you know, it's been a love affair since, right, Fran? (laughs) Right. You were appointed to the council by Mayor Richard M. Daley in 2003. At that time, you were the first openly gay alderman in Chicago's history. Now you are leaving the council after 20 years. We're going to be left with a dramatically different city council. It's losing its experience and institutional memory, unfortunately, in some cases. 15 or 16 members either have already left or will be leaving, and that's not including the veterans like Chris Taliaferro or Gil Viegas or mayoral appointees like Nicole Lee and Timmy Knutson, who might lose. How would you describe the council that the new mayor, whoever it is, whether it's Paul Vallis or Brandon Johnson, will be having to deal with? I think it will be a different council. A lot of the retiring older persons were more centrist, more moderate. Um, and I believe that the council will continue to move progressively left, left of center. And um, th- therefore, I think it's really important. Our mayor has a centrist viewpoint and is able to manage both the left side of the council and the moderate side and really try to forge compromises, knowing that our city is moving uh, somewhat more leftist. Right. And the challenges that are facing the city, just as federal stimulus money is drying up and pension payments are spiking and crime continues to be a persistent dominant issue. What problems and challenges does that pose? Well, as you as you mentioned, Fran, public safety is number one on every person's mind, whether it's north, south or west side. So most importantly for our city is to create a safer environment so that people can 
feel comfortable in their neighborhoods. Businesses can feel comfortable opening or investing or the safety of their employees. So that's going to be the number one issue um, confronting the new mayor. I think what's happened in the last couple of years is just not acceptable to the vast majority of residents and they want something done about it. And they want more police officers on the beat in the community um, and I, I hear that from all over the city. Secondly, you know, secondarily, not even secondarily, is, you know, we've got to get our schools up and running and open and um, really used as, in in my opinion, as community centers, as, you know, what are we doing about after school programs? What are we doing about opening these schools on the weekends? You know, there's many schools that have some great facilities there that are closed for parts of the summer and closed on the weekends and or holiday. We have got to keep these schools open. And I think that's a, another factor in uh, the mayor's decision about public safety. So um, and as you said, we have a pension crisis and we have some of the highest taxes already in the city of Chicago. And we cannot afford to be taxing, whether it's property taxes, whether it's head tax, transaction tax, hotel tax, you know, we are going to tax ourselves out of out of business in, in a lot of ways. So how do we, especially post-COVID, how do we deal with where the revenue is going to come from to provide for all these uh, programs that have been instituted with COVID? You know, universal basic income, um, you know, lots of uh, assistance to the CTA lines and to the schools that will dry up probably in 24, maybe latest early 25. And, you know, you know what pensions are. They continue to grow. Um, and we have got to do something about managing this $28 billion behemoth of a budget and um, and making sure that that person who is the executive there has a fundamental understanding of economics of public safety and making sure that our schools are growing and our population is growing, not just our school population, but the population of the city of Chicago. You know, we do not want people leaving the city. We don't want businesses leaving the city. And it's really, really important that we have, in my opinion, a leader that understands both sides of the issue that can make informed, educated uh, decisions of all Chicagoans. Now, there, there are problems looming everywhere we turn. CTA still is down, you know, hundreds of thousands of riders pre-pandemic, hasn't gotten them back because of crime and reliability problems. This The school system is sounding the alarm about its pension spike and the loss of federal stimulus money and the fact that Lori Lightfoot and Rahm Emanuel before her we're shifting costs to the schools. Uh, we've got alligators biting us all around. Right. Well, again, you know, and this has been, a, I would say, a little bit of a myth about uh, Paul Vallis. I hear it from my neighborhoods. It's like Paul Vallis did not close any schools. Under his tenure, you know, we had 40,000 more students. We had over 400,000 enrolled. Our pensions were funded and our test scores were rising. So, you know, this idea about Paul not knowing, you know, not being aggressively positive about CPS is um, is really, really important to get someone who really will grow the system. And I think 
actually, this is a, a big issue about how we're going to, you know, how are we going to continue to fund the pensions for public schools if we have declining enrollment? And I think I've heard that there's there has to be work done in Springfield on pensions. And, you know, where the the CPS system is the only one who is responsible for their pensions uh, uh, statewide. So there's got to be a lot more work done in Springfield, which, if my understanding is correct, that we still rank 47th out of 50 for funding public education, which is a statewide statewide requirement. You know, and it's just we have got to negotiate better on the pension side. We've got to make sure that we're getting all the reimbursements for um, on the federal level for our students. Um, and, you know, I, there's no, in my opinion, somebody who's done this time and again, Paul Ballas is the right person. I'm more concerned if it's Brandon Johnson that we have now the head of the CTU or a CTU higher up that's running City Hall. And to me, we need an executive that can negotiate with with the teachers union and provide contracts, which Paul had done successfully under his tenure. But still manage, you know, the business, the economy, how we're going to pay for this. Um, you know, I think it's I think this the uh, the differences are stark in terms of the candidates. And that's why I'm, you know, 100 percent behind Paul Ballas and have been, you know, um, for at least the last six months. Um, but I've known him for a long, long, long time. And um, I think he's the right person at the right time. And uh we could spend more time. We could spend all day on that, Fran. So I just want you to know how passionate I feel about Paul. Well, let's talk a little bit about why did you decide ultimately not to run for mayor? If the stakes are this high as we know they are, right. why didn't you? Well, Fran, I gave it a lot of thought. Um, I'm a small business operator and uh, I have you know, felt very strongly about, you know, my role is not only an alderman, but, you know, keeping a institution alive in the city of Chicago. And honestly, while I had a good succession plan for my aldermanic successor, I don't really have a good plan about the, you know, about the next generation of Ann Sather restaurants. And uh, I just felt if I came out and basically left the company, um, I felt it probably wouldn't survive. And Really? Did you think so? Did you think that? Yeah, there was well, no. no yeah, I tell you why, because small business, as you know, and we've talked about this time and again, small business margins are so small, are really small, <laughs> no pun intended. But, you know, we we I still work seven days a week. And when I'm not working in the alderman's office, I'm working in my restaurant. So you think that at, after 40 years that I should be able to take weekends off. That's not it's not there yet. And I haven't developed the infrastructure to step away. And that was, you know, the long and short of it. And I just, and I also thought that there were, you know, I, I felt comfortable with Paul, uh, you know, being of the field, being the best representative that would reflect the values uh, uh, of small businesses, of growing the economy and keeping our schools vibrant and test scores rising. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, I'm obviously a lifelong Chicagoan, and it really means a lot to me to have someone that I have confidence in the mayor's office. And I just felt, you know, you can't you have to be in this 150 percent if you're running for mayor. And I just felt, 
you know, I was able to manage, you know, my aldermanic career and still hold on to Ann Sather's. And, you know, my family, my my nieces and nephews, you know, they're not interested in uh, in the in the restaurant lifestyle. But, you know, I made my choices. I went to school for it, uh, you know, and I'm basically a service nut. And uh, I think that that has helped me in my aldermanic duties. And it certainly has um, helped me in the um, in the restaurant world. But, um, you know, it's you were literally afraid that the restaurant was going to go out of business. Couldn't you just pass the cinnamon roll recipe on to, you know, you know, well, look at this. This is yeah. Well, no, they all worked for me during their high school years. And (laughs) enough to say this is probably not a career that they wanted to do. Yeah. Well, they just, you know, I'm, I, I, you know, look at everyone. You really have to want to be in the restaurant business. You know, you really have to know that it's night nights, weekends and holidays. And it's, you know, in a lot of ways, it's a, a low margin business. It's, uh, you know, we employ a lot of people and um, a lot of my employees have worked for me for a very long time. So, you know, I'm I've got to figure that out because after 42 years of running the company, um, you know, I, I probably should have had a better, uh, I probably should and will have a better succession plan. I was told that you came so close that you even had second thoughts after you announced you weren't going to run. No, I, I, you know what, you know, I'm a business person. I make a decision. I did my due diligence. You know, I felt um, that there was a, a, a lot of support in, in certainly my neighborhoods up on the north side. But, you know, this is a citywide campaign. And, um, I just, you know, probably was either not 100, well, I certainly was not 100% or 150% in, but, you know, I just felt that, um, you know, running citywide is a, a different game than running uh, just on the north side. You predicted that Lori Lightfoot, who chose you as zoning chair only to have her major problems with the city council, that she would not be reelected. Were you surprised she didn't make the runoff? Yes. Um, what surprised now, just, you? I, I do want to say this, though. Remember, my colleagues, uh, su- you know, supported me for being the zoning chair. So, yeah, yes, that's true. you know, so I just want that's you to true. know how, how strongly I feel about the support of my colleagues and all over, you know, all over town in regards to zoning. And I think as zoning chair, you know, I've I've I've. I think I've handled it with all ultimate respect for the zoning decisions by the local aldermen being reaffirmed by city council. Um, you know, and we've talked about this time and again, there's no better representative to on the ground about zoning and development decisions. We have macro issues of affordable housing that we as a city have got to be, I think, much stronger on. Um, but um, I just you know, I've I've enjoyed my time as zoning chair, and um, you know, I, I and I also think, Fran, you know, I'm not, I don't think I'm finished with, you know, uh, public service. Public service. You know, you yeah. know, before I was before I was an alderman, I was on the city's economic development commission. I was chair of the restaurant association. I did a lot of work in senior wellness. So, you know, I'm 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 a busy guy, but I still want to make sure that my restaurants are safely in place. In fact, you know, many of my aldermen would like, especially 
go back to Hyde Park where we were, we were and Ann Sadler's there from 89 to 95. You know, I think the, I think the brand is a household brand in the city of Chicago. So I'll figure out, you know, um, you know, the next step for Ann Sadler's. So, uh, but back to the, back to zoning and back to my colleagues, um, you know, I, I have the ultimate respect and know how difficult it is to run for public office and then not to make, you know, not to have the authority to really lead the charge for development, zoning, affordability, you know, in their neighborhoods. So I'm, so you, you know, were I, surprised that Lori Lightfoot didn't make the runoff. What about it surprised you? And why do you think she didn't? Um, I was surprised at, um, some of the uh, some of the numbers coming in from especially the north side um, were as low as as I thought they would be more competitive. And, you know, like in in wards around me, nine, 10, 11 percent, you know, where back in four years ago, five years ago, the lakefront was where was where she got her start. Yeah. And. Right. And I've counseled her that the lakefront is important for her career um, and downtown is important. And um, I think her overemphasis, while laudable on South and West, you know, neglected downtown and neglected the north side. And um, I just I felt, in, you know, that um, that she was, you know, too focused on South and West and basically told downtown on the north side, fend for yourselves, whether it was police, whether it was, you know, economic development plans, um, you know, it was only really at the tail end of her career that she had an idea about remaking Liz House Street. You know, uh, yeah. it's just, it's really, it's really. Um, it was almost an afterthought. Well, I don't know. I just think that, that you know, she, the mayor has to be the mayor for the entire city. And I just don't think I, can, I know you can prioritize South and West and underdeveloped uh, neighborhoods or reinvest in those neighborhoods. But you can't you can't dismiss the economic engine for the city that actually pays for many, many of these programs, you know, and Do you um, agree with her that she was treated more harshly and unfairly because she is a gay black woman. No. No, I don't think so. As a gay man, I don't think so. I think I think part of part of her is that a crutch? Is she hiding behind something? No, I think you know. I think she has her style of of what was considered more of a prosecutorial style based on her based on her profession, you know. And I think that you know basically i you know i thought she got off to a bad start by basically accusing the alderman back 4 or 5 years ago that this is a corrupt body behind me you were in the room i'm sure yeah yeah you know you can't you can't start an administration with that kind of conflict and it didn't get much better no it's and, almost and, like trump taking on the intelligence community it's it's yeah. a big mistake isn't it yeah. well i mean you you know i've said this before you know if i told everyone what i really thought about them i'd have nobody working for me it's called <laughs> it's called management you have to manage people and lead you know um and you know part of that is hey you know 
you know, I'm the chief executive or I'm the alderman. I'm I'm leading the charge, but I've got to I've got to get people motivated to want to work for me. So the morale in the in the police department is a perfect example. And I think the morale has 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 gone through the well, a lot of our city agencies. And I thought obviously COVID did not help, but we got to get back to business. We've got to get back to work. We've got to get back and compete with every city in this country, if not the world. Chicago is a world-class city and one of the best cities. And we need a chief executive that continues to promote that, despite our big city problems. So now we have a nail-biter of an election. This, uh, there's a poll out now that shows this race is literally a nail-biter Two percentage points separating Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson with Vallis clinging to the lead and Brandon Johnson breathing down his neck. What's going on and where will this race be decided, do you think, Tom? Well, I think the the race is close and I think it's going to be a matter of who brings out their voters. You know, and, um, you know, I also think that the African-American community, the Latino community, you know, have really got to look at the difference, the stark difference in the two candidates and saying, who am I more comfortable with running this great city? And, you know, I think from experience and qualifications um, and public safety, I think Paul is hands down. I, I just can't, honestly, I can't really see the charisma or what I thought in the early part of the campaign was that that Paul Val or not that Paul, but that Brandon was, Oh, he's got all the, all these fresh ideas and charisma. And I didn't watch the debates until the second round. And I have found him to be an empty suit. I, you know, I think he smiles well, but I think he, his ideas are complete with the CTU. And I just don't think that's the answer for the city. So he is think, a better communicator. You must admit I, that I, I, he, he I, has that human touch. <laughs> he is a preacher's son. He right. he has the gift of gab. Paul is a technocrat. Paul is a, a guy who recovered from stuttering <coughs> and stammering, and he admits right. that. Uh, right. He is not someone who makes a quick human connection. Is he suffering from that? I, I, I The styles are completely different. I just think. The voters, especially the undecided, is saying, look at the qualifications. You know, we don't necessarily need, you know, a, a flashy, you know, charis- not charismatic, because I honestly, I don't think I thought his charisma really waned after I saw his debate performances. I just don't think he was saying anything other than going after Paul for being either a Republican or or, uh, whatever some of the accusations are. But, you know, at the end of the day, people, you know, I people look need to look at his his platform about defunding the police, about raising taxes for anything that crawls, as far as I'm concerned. And, um, you know, what has happened in the last 10 years with Chicago public schools, declining enrollment, lower test scores, um, and, you know, just empty buildings in some cases. And it's just, it, 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 we cannot afford another four years of this. We just can't. I think a lot of, a lot of, a lot of my constituents, a lot of people are saying, hey, if, if, if Paul Vallis is not 
the mayor of the city of Chicago. I am seriously considering leaving the city. You know, do you think? It, it, do you literally think there will be an exodus of businesses and residents from well, the city if Brandon Johnson is elected? Well, let me tell you. Let's talk about taxes. You think that people are going to stay in the city of Chicago if they are being taxed out, whether it's Pilsen or whether it's South Loop or, you know, our, our chairman of McDonald's. You know, if the if the starting city starting wages creep up to twenty dollars an hour, you know, the, the people can't afford that. Businesses can't afford that. You know, and I just think that this is. Uh, you know, the trend to some degree has already started. If we didn't have the selective enrollment programs that a lot of a lot of that was developed under Vallis, whether it's Gwendolyn Brooks on the south side or north side prep or Jones or whatever. And I think uh, my understanding is that Brandon Johnson d- wants to basically phase the selective enrollments out. So what does that do to our our families here? That's saying if we don't get if we're trying to bolster the neighborhood high schools, whether it be Amundsen or Lakeview in my neighborhood. But, you know, if parents cannot get their kids in, in, in these selective enrollments, they're either leaving or going to private schools. And that is why some of the reason even in the last two years, we've seen a nine percent decrease in CPS enrollment. And, you know, that everything is funded by by the number of pupils that you have in the classroom, you know, and I, you know, I just think it's, it is going to be a real problem. This poll shows a, an old fashioned racial election, really. Uh, Brandon Johnson is winning the South and West sides by 70 some odd percent to 20 for Paul Vallis. Uh, Vallis is winning the Northwest side, 62 to 32. Uh, uh, The Southwest side, two to one. I mean, is there a danger in this thing breaking along racial lines the way it has? Well, as a native Chicagoan, I nothing would surprise me, but I think every voter needs to look at both candidates seriously and what they can offer and what their plans are for the city. And at the end of the day, I have I have been told by people that are African-American or Hispanic Public safety is number one. Vallis has a better plan for public safety about bringing more police officers, not only in the force, but down to the community level. And I really feel, as you know, your polling and everyone's polling is public safety is number one. And I I, I know that Paul has a, a much better plan than Brandon. And, um, you know, I just feel whether it's bringing retired cops or bringing them back from people have left the police department. They want to come back, but they want to be respected and they want a, a mayor that will work with the consent decree, constitutional policing and move, you know, move our communities to be safe. And, that, you know, get, that gets back to another issue. You know, there's a lot of investment, a public investment on the south and west side that Mayor Lightfoot has initiated. But the whole point is, how do we get private investment? How do we get businesses to invest in neighborhoods like 47th Street? If it's not safe, they're not coming. And that the areas again, that are still in play, Tom, are the Hispanic community and the North Lakefront, where this race is likely to be decided in addition to what you said about who gets their turnout higher in these other areas of strength. Your ward, 44, 
went mm-hmm. 40.6 percent for Vallis and 30.5 for Brandon Johnson, with about 20 percent shared by Lightfoot and Chewy Garcia. Is mm-hmm. uh, is the Republican label that Paul is a Republican? You know, a closet Republican, a Democrat in name only, anti choice. This is the label that's been pinned on him. Is that hurting him? Well, it's not helping him. However, Paul has been a lifelong Democrat. He's been pro choice. He's expanded the student population in CPS. You know, he has been an advocate for LGBT for decades you know so i you know yes he's been coined as this but i know and paul knows that he is a centrist democrat who is fiscally responsible and socially very liberal so i just feel we got to get that message out and i know he has been pounding on that message because it's true and um you know i just you know we have to get that message out um and also emphasize that, as you well know, we whether it's the gay community, the entertainment communities, the youth, we have to have a safe city for everybody. And I think he's obviously certainly brought that message home every single day. So why is he struggling to convince these progressive voters of who he is and that he's the better choice? What is hurting him? What's holding well, him back? What, I, what I've heard from some of my residents is that he's closed schools, which is an absolute falsehood. You know, I, we talked about enrollment increasing. We've talked about score test scores increasing and pensions fully funded. So I don't know. You know, we've got to get that message out. Um, and I think his record, he's been endorsed by Planned Parenthood for all his elections prior to, to this. They went with the other guy. Um, but he has he has he has what is considered the Biden uh, viewpoint on abortion. I'm personally my religious faith is one issue, but I'm going to make sure that this is a safe city. We're going to provide the health services, you know, all over town for women, for people coming in from other areas to get uh, reproductive health care services. So I'm very comfortable with his his public position on that. But, you know, I think those are some of the issues that I, um, you know, that I hear. Um, I'm working, working my tail off to make sure that, you know, people come out to vote and people come out to vote for Paul. And, um, you know, I think we will, I think we will be, I think we will be good in 44. And I think, uh, you know, many other Voters, when they're undecided, I think if they're if they're looking at the two candidates, I think they're going to feel more comfortable with Paul and and not the head of CTU running the city, running City Hall. Also, I think that what are you is worried a, about a there? Well, I we mean, have a millions future, of dollars well, of money. I, I don't from think any CTU is bankrolling uh, Johnson and he's yeah. still a paid organizer. What are you worried about there? I Well, it, it's like. Okay, we have a, when we have a, a, a teachers union contract up, how do you negotiate with teachers union when they own both sides of the argument? That's what a mayor is going to just hand over everything they want. Well, I mean, why, they have this some, unbelievable. If somebody gave agenda. you ninety, if somebody gave you ninety-five percent of your of your monies in millions, 
how can he be independent? I mean, that's the voters need to ask that question. You think Stacey Davis Gates is going to run City Hall? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. And I think it's going to send a, a chilling message to the, the voters of the city of Chicago. And I think they really need to uh, to figure that out. And um, when they go into that ballot box and I think as you exit this city council, Tom, what are you most proud of? Oh, I don't know. I, you know, are certainly as being the first openly gay alderman to see now there are more than five in the council, probably more after this uh, after this uh, election. But the whole LGBT community center, the uh, housing for um, LGBT seniors and just the you know, I think the cultural change of acceptance for LGBT yeah. I think and the garden. Is, Don't forget the garden. My God, with the AIDS garden. But I also like everything we've done with Wrigley. You know, it's it's been a really difficult challenge to manage the interests of of of, of Ricketts and Wrigley, and how do we keep it the vibrant neighborhood of Lakeview? It's not all about Wrigley. So when I go to Wrigley Field, you know, we landmarked it. If you remember, sure. we worked with under the landmarks to to renovate. Um, you know, there were. Um, there were just so many positive things about it. And I'm, you know, I'm very proud of that. And certainly hosting the World Series, right? Fran, right. how many times oh, God, we talk yeah. about that? Yeah. Um, we could talk about that forever, you and I, diehard yeah. Cub fans. Yeah, but I just think that, you know, one of the things about being alderman is that it's so service oriented. It's get things done. It's, I have, I feel that I've touched every block in my neighborhood. It was new lighting, new streets, new sidewalks, you know, and, and I just feel that Lakeview is the best, one of the best neighborhoods in the Midwest because the attention to detail that an alderman should do for their community. And I'm very proud of not just the big things, but the little things and people, you know, are very appreciative. And I think, you know, my successor without an opponent. How many times has that happened? Yeah, that's so a tribute to you too. That's you a know? tribute to you too. So he's got, you know, he's he's been my chief for 15 years. So you know, um, he he knows what's going on. He'll have his own he'll have his own style, but he has certainly learned how to run a neighborhood um, ward organization. So I'm I'm confident, and I'm not going away. As I said, I'll probably do some public service. I would. If if asked, I'll probably help Paul in some kind of capacity citywide, whether and I hope it's something to do with small business retention, development, um, trade, tourism, hospitality. You know, I, you know, I've I've got some experience that I think is still valuable to the city. So I'm not going away. Um, certainly if Paul Dallas is our next mayor. And this declaration of independence by your colleagues even if it causes them to increase the number of committees to 28. Well, you know, how many times you've been reporting city hall for, for decades. How many times have we talked about, you know, making sure that we're, you know, actually being more efficient, uh, you know, in our, in our committee structure. And, um, you know, I, I don't like the idea of expanding, you know, uh, for political sake, the number of committees. So that's going to be up to the next council, um, I, you know, the idea of 
a mayor having some impact on the, on the committee chairs, I think is important. But at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of horse trading in, in these committees. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, the, the thought of mayor Lightfoot when she was first inaugurated is to reduce the number of committees. Yeah. Now she didn't do that. Like she, like that was a campaign promise, you know, and one of many. many. (laughs) And I'm just like, you know, um, I'm not making, you know, you got to make deals too. Right. I mean, you can't say I'm not making any deals with any ultimate. I mean, how do we, how do we get a budget passed? You know, and, uh, you know, I just, I just feel that politics is, uh, is politics. It's requires horse trading. Um, but at the end of the day, it's what is in the best interest of every citizen in the city of Chicago, every resident in the city of Chicago. Tom Tunney, thank you so much for joining us and thank you for your service over these many years. <laughs> Thanks for your reporting. We we always didn't agree, but we I think you always have been we fair. We don't have to. No. We don't have nope. to as long as we're that, fair, no. both of us. Yeah, appreciate you also, friend. Yeah. Okay, and we will see you all next week. Thank you, bye-bye. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.